Would you please turn with me to your study outlines? And as you're turning, let me welcome those of you that are joining us online, as well as our friends at Purpose Church in Kalispell, Montana, and also First Baptist Church in Arco, Idaho. We are so glad uh, that you're joining us today. As we continue our series called The Money Challenge, And there's a book that goes with this series. And each week, I've kind of mentioned, be sure you get a hold of this. I'm going to do an additional hook this week if you haven't gotten it yet. Get a hold of this book. It's a quick read. It's so practical. It's so helpful. And it's so biblical. And it's just a real fast read that goes along the 30-day challenge, the challenges for each day. You can catch those on social media as well. Get a hold of this. It's at a table uh, out in the lobby. Now, here's the hook I'm going to do. It is worth getting this book just for page 69. So I want you to write down 69. Okay, write down page 69. And particularly if you are a student, okay, in your high school years, in your 20s, or in your 30s, 50 years from now, if you get this and do what it says on page 69, you will bless Pastor Glenn's name. You will say, I'm so glad Pastor Glenn told me this. Everybody in their 20s, 30s, and in their teens, Be sure to get a hold of this and go to page 69. Now, nobody run out at the 830 service. I said this, and a person ran right on out. You know, what's on page 69? Get a hold of page 69. Let me just tell you, I wish like crazy when I was 20 years old, I had read page 69. I just, oh, I wished when I was 20 years old, I had read page 69. Get this book, get a hold of it on page 69. Now, there's three parts to the money challenge. One is to give generously, one is to save wisely, and one is to live or spend appropriately. So last Sunday, we talked about giving generously. Next Sunday, I mean, God's timing is impeccable. Isn't it amazing that right stuffed in between um, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, we're going to talk about spending appropriately. Does God, I wish I could say that we were that organized, we planned it that way. God did it, we didn't do it. But right next Sunday, right in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, we're going to talk about living and spending uh, appropriately. And now today, we're talking about saving wisely. Now, I want to just tell you, this has been, uh, you know, in preparation for this, a little bit weird for me. Because, you know, in all my 37, 36 years as a pastor, I've never preached an entire sermon on saving. Okay, I've, I've mentioned it as a point within a message but never a whole sermon. And I, I thought, felt a little awkward, like, you know, this is something more for a, my, a financial advisor or a money advisor or something, something along those lines, a consultant, financial consultant. This is something for Dave Ramsey. This is not something for a pastor. But I want you to know, as I dug into the Scriptures this past couple of weeks, oh my goodness, it's a major theme in Scripture. This is a, ma- and it's a neglected theme that we are, hardly anybody preaches on. This is a huge theme in Scripture, not just for pragmatic financial reasons, but in addition to that, it's it's got spiritual connected to it as well, as as you're going to see, to have a spiritual impact within our lives. And so um, it is is so wonderful to study this, and I just can't wait uh, to share with you uh, what God is saying in His Word in this third one, uh, to save wisely. Uh, Joe asked God, how much is a penny worth in heaven? God replied, a million dollars. Joe asked, how long is a second in heaven? God said, one million years. So Joe said, God, can I have a penny? And God said, sure, just give me a second. (laughs) Think about that for a while. Okay, when you're driving home later on, 
It reminds me of another one that has nothing to do with the message. Um, I, I love this other one where a, a guy comes to his dad and says, hey, dad, can I have the keys to the car? And he says, I can if you get your hair cut. And he goes, well, you know, Jesus had, had, had long hair. And the father said, yeah. And, and the Bible says Jesus walked wherever he went. You know, he did not drive a car. Okay, enough of that stupidity. Let's get into this. Okay, here's the hero of our message today, our ants. Okay, how many of you, when Jarrett... Pastor Jared, ask you your favorite insect. How many said ants? Do we have any? Okay, you're going to love this sermon. If you're an ant person, you are going to love this. You're going to feel like you turned on Animal Planet. There are more than 12,000 species of ants in the world. The total biomass of all the ants on earth is roughly equal to the total biomass of all the people on earth. For every human being, there are about one million ants. Queen ants are the longest living of all insects. A black garden queen ant can live up to around 15 years and has been claimed that some have lived for 30 years. One queen ant of any species can produce over 1 million babies. Uh, The ant is one of the world's strongest creatures in relation to its size. If we had muscles in the proportion of ants, we'd be able to lift a Honda over our heads. Ants have two stomachs one to hold food for themselves, and one to hold food for others. Isn't that disgusting? But how many of you on Thursday at Thanksgiving dinner wish you had two stomachs? That would be fabulous. You know, one for now and one for later while we're watching football. Okay, ants are actually exceptionally fast. Uh, Although estimates vary, the average ant can run at approximately 300 meters an hour, a rate of nearly 800 times its body length a minute. This is equivalent to the average person running at a speed of 52 miles per hour. Um, An ant is almost twice as fast as Usain Bolt. So an ant is uh, twice as fast as Usain Bolt, uh, 10 times faster than me, 10 times faster than Glenn Gunderson. Okay, so sorry about that. Just one of my little dreams that I have. All right. All right. Now, It's not for all those things that the Bible says that ants are awesome. The Bible says that ants are awesome because they are savers. The Bible says, S-A-V-E-R-S, they are savers. They save stuff. And, and he says, we got to be like ants, like, like, like savers. And by the way, I forgot to mention something. I just realized something earlier that I was going to say. This is totally random at this point in the message. But I told Jill Svoboda, she is shut in at home, and she should be watching this. Remember we talked about the female drummer, okay, uh, Megan, the female drummer? We actually, did you know we had a female drummer here at, at Purpose Church? In the 1960s, the overtones. How many remember the overtones? Anybody remember overtones? Jill Svoboda was our female drummer on the overtone. So Jill's shut in at home. Would you let Jill know that we love her and we appreciate her as one of our favorite things? It's so weird how the mind works like that. Just all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, you forgot to mention Jill and you were going to do that. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Here we go. Uh, This is what Solomon 3,000 years ago and 1,000 BC said about ants. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Let's go to the earlier passage. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Don't you love that word, sluggard? (laughs) Parents, next time you're getting your teenagers out of bed, get up, you sluggard, you know. So actually, my kids are 
earlier risers than I am. This is what Kimberly says to me every morning. Get up, ye sluggard. Uh, Come forth and face the day. Consider his ways and be wise. Verse 7. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. There's no boss pressuring and telling an ant what to do. Verse 8. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. The Bible says that saving is wise like the ant. Uh, now in Proverbs 30, Augur, a guy by the name of Augur, A-G-U-R, also about 3,000 years ago, around 1,000 B.C., he wrote about ants. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Verse 25, ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. The Bible teaches that the key to financial health is very, very simple. Spend less than you earn. Spend less than you earn. And, and you know, that's why we appreciate the ants, but we also appreciate the World War II generation, uh, the builder generation. My parents, uh, they grew up in the Depression. And so they knew that you could face hard times that you needed to prepare for. And, and so they, they taught us this principle. But boy, those of us of subsequent generations, baby boomers and Gen X and millennials, we need to learn that simple biblical principle from our grandparents and from the ants, spend less than you earn. The Bible has a principle of abundance and scarcity. Uh, the ant prepares in the summer and gathers in the fall uh, during times of abundance so that it will anticipate and be prepared for the winter, which is a time of scarcity. And there's a great story in the Bible that illustrates this. Never thought of it through these lenses uh, until this past week. The story of Joseph is one of my favorites in the Bible, one of the great stories in the Bible. And uh, Pastor Eric preached a great message um, about Joseph last month. But when I preach on Joseph and when Pastor Eric preached on it, there's one passage we tend to skim over. And that's chapter 41, verses 41 through 57. But there's a great, great principle here. Uh, Joseph has just interpreted correctly the dream of Pharaoh, that there's going to be seven good years in Egypt and then seven bad years of famine. And uh, Pharaoh says, you know what, Joseph, I think you're the guy that should be in charge of preparing for that. So we pick it up now with verse 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or a foot in all of, of Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephaneth Paneah. Um, which in the Coptic, Egypt, and how many of our Egyptian friends do we have in here right now? Raise your hand if you're part of our Arabic fellow Egyptians. We've got a um, wonderful uh, part of our Egyptian fellowship, and they come to the English service here and then go uh, to the Arabic-speaking service uh, next uh, service during the 11:11 hour over in the H building. And so the Coptic meaning of this um, from the Egyptian is the revealer of secret things. Because God had used Joseph to reveal uh, the future to Pharaoh, he gave him this name, um, Zaphoneth Panea, the revealer of secret things, and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Those of you that are younger, 30-year-olds, those in your 20s, those in you students, 
uh, in high school. God can use you in junior high at the first at the first service, we had uh, Asher here. I think he's about 12 years old, working the camera right over here. And, and so it's, it's such a great thing to see the dozens and dozens of young adults that are serving in different areas of our church. And God can use you at an early age. And here's Joseph. It's literally going to be used by God to change the course of world history when he's 30 years old. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. But verse 48, Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Verse 49, Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain. Like the sand of the sea, it was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Now let's skip down to verse 53. Let's skip to verse 53. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. Now the older you get, the more you realize that the good times can come to an end. Anybody want to say amen to that? And that's why I think that the World War II generation, the builder generation of my parents and of some of your grandparents or even great-grandparents, why they learned this saving lesson, because it was burned into their psyche because of the Great Depression. And so as a result of that, they realized that years of abundance can come to an end. And people like Joseph that God raises up that can see the future and realize that times of abundance can come to an end, those are the ones that are going to change the world for Christ during times of, of, of scarcity. And so it says those years of abundance, uh, a check comes, a, a doctor's report comes through, or a pink slip comes through, and you lose your job. Just talked to a gentleman last service that just two weeks ago had lost his job. The, these times can bring a time of scarcity. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was a famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. Now, why was there food? When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Would you repeat those three words with me out loud together? Go to Joseph. One more time, out loud together. Go to Joseph and do what he tells you. God is calling us as followers of Christ to be Josephs in the day and age in which we live. Now, you may not think that saving is a spiritual activity. Uh, you, you, you know, we don't think of that. We think of that as like a compartment over here in, in our practical side of our lives, the business side, the financial side, and over here is the spiritual side, uh, the Christ-following side. But the Bible has a principle that if you are a Joseph, God can actually use that to influence people and to change your world for Christ. He says, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. Why? Because Joseph was an ant. Joseph was a saver. Verse 56, when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened up all the storehouses from whence he had been saving and sold grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph. All the world came to Egypt. Why? To buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. 
God is calling us to be Joseph's. He's calling us to be savers. And he says that when we are savers, when the hard times come, when the abundance times ends and the hard times of scarcity come, people will turn to us and we will be able to be generous because we saved at a previous time. And we will be people of influence for Christ because we are Joseph's. The whole world uh, came to Joseph. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph. He became a world changer simply because he was a saver like the ants uh, found in the book of Proverbs. And so the Bible says we should set saving goals. The ants has to gather a set amount of food in the harvest in order to survive the winter. Uh, so we also need to save uh, with um, special goals and with a special purpose behind that. Proverbs 3, verse 14, uh, Paul writes, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ, in Christ Jesus. Now, thank you, Tina. Here's a, a special piggy bank. This piggy bank has three sections to it. Uh, the section of the head is share. It's the three parts of this series, the three parts of the book and of the money challenge. And the first part says share or to give. That's the head of the pig. Then the saving part is the stomach of the pig. I don't think the people that made this intended for this application, but I'll use it nonetheless. And and that's like if you have that second stomach like the ant has for yourself and then to save and to share with other people. So the head is sharing or giving. The middle is saving and then the rear end is spending right there. Okay, there's a little twirly tail, and there's the rear end. Uh, that's the spending. So with our head, first of all, we give, we share, then we save, and then we spend, and we'll talk about spending appropriately uh, next Sunday. Now, um, a friend uh, sent this to me this past week. Brian Lothar uh, sent this to me. In old England, around the 15th century, around the 1400s, People made all kinds of useful objects out of clay, including dishes and jars to hold spare change. Uh, Metal wasn't used very much because it was very expensive. So dishes and jars were made from a readily available orange clay that was called pig. P-Y-G-G was this orange clay. Uh, Families often kept any spare household coins in one of their clay pig, P-Y-G-G, jars. They became commonly known in England as a pig PYGG jar and later a pig bank. Around the 18th century, the 1700s, the word pig now sounded the same as the word for the animal pig, P-I-G. Some potters began making clay banks in the shape of a pig and the first piggy banks were born. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) You learned something uh, that you'd never learned before. And so the Bible also says we need to be persistent in our saving. Saving requires time and hard work. We don't want to give up. Galatians 6, verse 9, Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. And part of that doing good is saving. So then we have freedom to be generous at a future time of scarcity, and we can change our world for Christ. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, a couple of common uh, objections to this, you'll see there in your study outline. I don't have enough to live on now, let alone uh, to save. I was just talking to Michael, a young man, 23 years old, back in the green room, and he's the one that brings the table out here, and we were talking about the money challenge. He says, boy, Glenn, you know, at my age at 23, it's just hard uh, to, to find any breathing room in order to save. And I said, 
Michael, go out and read page 69. I said, go out after this is done and grab yourself this book and read page 69. I don't know where to begin. Now, the book gives you some practical ideas as to how to do this. But let me just share this with you that is a little bit heavy, but it really is, I found it very, very motivational. If a doctor told you that your child was dying and could only be saved with a $15,000 operation that your insurance would not cover and could only be performed nine months from today, could you save $15,000? You would sell things. You would stop any spending that wasn't required to survive. And you would take two extra jobs. For that short nine months, you would become a saving madman or a saving madwoman. You would give up virtually anything to accomplish that $15,000 goal. Saving would become a priority. And so I just want to make a challenge. Start somewhere today. Start somewhere today. God is challenging us to be a Joseph. And he says, if we will be like the ant, if we will learn from the ant, if we will be like a Joseph, God will use us not just for now, but when times of scarcity come, just like it said, go to Joseph, go to Joseph. People will come to us in the hard times ahead. And, and, and we will be world changers. We're the ones that will be able to influence the world for Christ because we have taken up the challenge uh, to be a Joseph. And that's what I challenge us to be as a church. Um, uh, probably a more modern day uh, Joseph was Oscar Schindler. And you may remember that from the movie Schindler's List. And by modern day, I mean the 1940s. He was a German industrialist. And at the beginning of, of World War II, he saw, or towards the, as it proceeded on, he saw what was happening to the Jews at the concentration camp in Auschwitz. And God literally used him to save the lives of over a thousand Jews that were on the trains heading to Auschwitz. And it was a combination of a shrewd businessman, an entrepreneur, a good heart, and, and being very, very courageous. He was extremely brave could, to do this. If he had been caught, he would have been executed immediately. Uh, what he could do is for money, the Nazis would sell him Jews to work in his factory because it was part of the, the military war machine. His factory made ammunition. And so he convinced the German regime the Nazis, to sell him Jews that were on the way to Auschwitz to work in his factory. And he bought as many Jews as he possibly could. At the same time that he was saving as many Jews, buying as many Jews as he could, he was deliberately sabotaging the ammunition that was produced in his factory. So he was buying Jews from the trains on their way to Auschwitz, and at the same time, they would come to work with him to make ammunition that wouldn't explode properly in the war against the Allies. He entered the war as a wealthy industrialist, but he finished the war financially bankrupt. When the Germans surrendered, Schindler met with his workers and declared that at midnight, they were all free to go. And that particular scene, to me, is a picture of when we get to heaven someday. I think we're going to have two emotions when we get to heaven. One is we're going to be just blown away by how much God used us in this life. I think we're going to be amazed that every time you shared Jesus, every time you served another person, every time you invited somebody to journey to Bethlehem or to come celebrate Christmas, every time you gave, how God multiplied that for eternity. And, and we're just going to be blown away. But I think we're also going to be brokenhearted 
because we're going to realize just how strategic every day of our lives was. And we're going to be glad for what we did, but we're going to be sad for what we failed to do. And I think this is a picture of what we'll experience in heaven uh, someday.